This morning we are um, wrapping up our mini-series on becoming, uh, where we have been looking at um, who are we becoming as a people, the, the desire that we have as a church community to become a people um, who are followers of Jesus, becoming a people who are loving to all, and becoming a people, this morning what we're going to look at is becoming a people who are servants of all. And as we look at becoming servants, uh, I wanted us to look at uh, a case study of an amazing servant in scripture. Um, this is a person who is an often overlooked disciple um, in the New Testament. And we will find their story in Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 36. Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 36. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with the request, please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Lord, this morning as we come before you and come before uh, your scripture, God, we ask that you would continue to illuminate these words to us, that they would become alive in us, and that they would work everything in us that you desire. Lord, we ask that we would know you guiding and leading us, teaching us, and transforming us this morning. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The story of Tabitha, or Dorcas, this is a story of a woman whose name means beautiful. And she lives in a town whose name means beautiful. And she lives such a beautiful life that when she gets sick and dies, that the whole community comes to a halt, mourns her death, and refuses to give up on her life. And instead, they seek after the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to be demonstrated in their midst. Tabitha, her name means gazelle, which is a symbol of beauty and grace. A symbol of beauty and grace. And the town she lived in, Joppa, was, was a beautiful town um, there in the coast of Israel with this beautiful Mediterranean climate, and it's overlooking the beaches and the oceans. A gorgeous place to live 
And this is a, a, a city. Actually, it's one of the, the oldest, longest um, inhabited cities in the world, known to be in the world. And it was a, this amazing seaport that brought people and cultures from all over the world uh, to come and converge here on the coast of Israel. And so it must have been a city that was just vibrant and full of life. But anytime you have a city that has so much life happening and so many people coming in and out throughout, um, there's opportunity not only for much beauty, but also for a lot of pain and brokenness. And it's here in this beautiful city that Tabitha is placed. And as she is here in this, in this city, in this context, she lives this amazing and beautiful life. But what was it about her life that caused people to be so drawn to her, that caused people to so mourn her? What was it about her life that sparked um, so much love from the people around her? I think part of it had to have been her, her character. The character of Tabitha's life, she was devoted to good works. Other translations talk about her being full, almost overflowing with good works and acts of love to people around her. It's like she embodied the words of Micah 6, 8 that say, He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. She lived out the teachings of Jesus that invite us to love our neighbor as ourself. She lived out the words of Jesus when he spoke about the greatest among us becoming the servant of all. She was a living example of the life that Jesus lived and the life he invited his followers, his disciples, to live as well. Tabitha is the only woman by name called out in scripture called a disciple. Now we know that there were other female disciples of Jesus. We see throughout scripture um, reference to the women who were following Jesus. Just a couple weeks ago, we look at the life of Mary, who sat at the feet of Jesus as one of his, his disciples. But Tabitha is the one woman um, called out using the word, the female version of the, the same male word that describes all of the disciples of Jesus. Here she is, a woman who is devoted to Jesus Christ, to living his ways, to embodying his life and his teachings. The life-transforming power of the good news got a hold of Tabitha's heart and her life and transformed everything about her. Transformed her in a way that allowed her to embody the good news to the world around her. To not just be someone who knew about the good news, but someone who embraced it and lived it out in all dimensions of her life. Long before Tabitha died and was brought back to life, 
Tabitha was living a life that was animated by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That eternal life that Jesus offers was coursing through her veins long before she came back to life when Peter prayed for her. Jesus said that he came to give life and to give it abundantly. And that's how Tabitha lived, with that abundant life pouring out of her. She was devoted to Jesus Christ as a disciple. She was transformed by the gospel and all of its implications for the world around her. She embraced she embraced the call to live as a faithful presence of Jesus Christ in her city and community. In addition to, to Tabitha's beautiful life and her character, in addition to her being a disciple, a devoted disciple of Jesus Christ, I believe another reason her life was so impactful was because she knew her community. She knew the people around her. Just look at the people who loved and mourned her. There were the widows. There were the, the leaders of the church, the other saints and believers around her. They all were mourning her life. And we also see that she was known not only by her Aramaic name, Tabitha, but also by her Greek name, Dorcas. Here is a woman who was known in different contexts by different people groups around her. She lived a life that crossed boundaries and crossed borders. She didn't just stay in one place among one people that were comfortable to be around, but instead she lived her life in a way that crossed socioeconomic borders. She was known and loved by the poor as well as by leaders within the church. She was a person who was um, who crossed boundaries of gender. She was a person who crossed ethnic boundaries. Tabitha knew the people that lived around her in Joppa. She knew them well, and she was known by them. She took time, I believe, to get to know her place and her community. She got to know the beauty as well as the brokenness of Joppa. And when she saw the brokenness and the points of pain that were around her in the city, she allowed the, the spirit of God within her to work through her life to be a gift to the world around her. She knew her community. She knew the people. And I think she must have realized that people were not projects. She lived in a way that, that people were not just someone who needed a new coat or a new cloak, someone who needed care or food. Because people don't mourn for someone who just maybe supplies some of their needs. Right? If I donate a lot of stuff to Goodwill, the people who are recipients of that Goodwill probably are not going to mourn my death. Tabitha wasn't mourned because she gave people clothes. I believe Tabitha was mourned 
because she knew the people she served. She loved the people she served. She shared her life with the people she served. She allowed them into her life in exchange. The door was open for her to be a part of theirs. And as their lives were brought together, as their lives were melded together in Jesus Christ, that's why there was so much pain and mourning at her death. The widows and the other believers were weeping and mourning, not because there was no one else to be able to sew clothes for them. They were weeping and mourning because they lost a friend and a partner. They lost someone who deeply cared about them. Tabitha knew these people. She lived among them. And she didn't just drop off her good deeds and then cross back over the tracks to the good part of the city. But instead, I think Tabitha must have lived a life that, that opened up her home and opened up her table to the people around her. That Tabitha must have lived in such a way that, that the people she served became a part of her family. That they celebrated holy days together. That they celebrated life milestones together. They worshiped together. Their lives became one. The widows and the saints that were there in Joppa aren't given names here in Acts, but I would go out on a limb and say that Tabitha knew all their names. That Tabitha knew the names of these people who in turn were waiting downstairs as Peter was up praying that God would bring life back into her body. People and the poor those in need can easily become a program for us. Something or someone to give to. Our justice programs, our works of charity, can often keep people at arm's distance. But where we see resurrection life at work bringing transformation is not when people are held at arm's length as we give to those in need, but as we invite people to come live with us, to be a part of our world, to share our tables and our homes. Like the, the parable that Jesus talked about the, the, the rich man and Lazarus. And Lazarus was, was a beggar who was at the gate of the rich man's home, longing to be able to eat the table scraps that fell from the rich man's table. And I think Tabitha lived the, the reverse of this. That instead of keeping people at the gates and dropping off table scraps, I think Tabitha lived in such a way that opened up the doors and invited Lazarus to come and sit at the table with her. We need to make room at our tables and not just our doorsteps. To give to the needy, to give to help and to serve, but to do it in a way that we see Tabitha doing it, where she allows people to be a part of her life and she in turn is invited to be a part of theirs. 
it's easy or can be easy to, to just give, to just write a check, to just serve or volunteer for a few hours a month. But where real transformation happens is when our serving is not just a program or something that we do, but it's a life that we live. That everywhere we go and every person we meet is a person that we get to, in the name of Jesus Christ, serve as if we're serving him. Tabitha's beautiful life was spent in service of others, and this brought beauty and life to the city around her. And if we want to learn from Tabitha and follow in her footsteps and to become a community of servants, I think there are several things that we can learn from Tabitha's life. I think we can learn to have a mindset that, that longs to, to belong to the community around us. They would have a, a parish mindset, a parish, the, the community, the neighborhood, and the church together as the, the place where we live out the good works of Jesus Christ. That we would be a people who would see that we belong to our neighborhood and city. That Jesus has invited us to live here in this space, in this place, so that we can be an expression of his love and goodness and care, an expression of his life to the world around us. And so like Tabitha, the invitation for us is to get to know our community, to get to know the place that we live in. Like Tabitha, to be a consistent and known entity in our community, not just someone who drives by doing good works, but instead a person that deeply inhabits the place that God has called us to. That San Diego, Sarah Mesa, the neighborhood around this church, and the neighborhoods that each one of us live in would be the, the fruitful ground that God would use to bring about his resurrection life. And we can do this by being a people who put down roots, who put down roots where God has called us. That instead of seeing our neighborhoods, um, often the way that people around us might view neighborhoods, as, as a place that we invest in until we have the home equity to move to a more desirable place, that instead we would see the gift of living in the city that Jesus has called us to, the gift of living in the neighborhood he has placed you in. Not because of what you can gain from that neighborhood, but because of what God might want to do through you to be a blessing to your neighbors. That we would learn um, about the places of, of beauty and brokenness in our neighborhood and city. Like Tabitha, that we would see uh, those points of pain and brokenness, and we would, with the, the imagination of the Holy Spirit at work within us, find creative ways to bring about life and wholeness in those places of pain and darkness. What are the unique needs around us? Who are the people who are overlooked in your neighborhood and community? What are the places of brokenness and pain and how might the Holy Spirit 
be inviting you to come alongside the work of God and his kingdom. That we would develop and discover partnerships. Like Tabitha, who was working with the widows and she was working with um, the, the saints and the church leaders. Where would we look to find those, those people and the organizations that are already at work doing good things around us, caring for those in need, and that we would seek to come alongside and partner uh, with what God and they are doing? And that we would see people and our neighbors as, as image bearers, fellow image bearers of God and not as projects, as programs, or volunteer opportunities, but we would see every person around us with the dignity of the mark, the, the fingerprint of God upon their lives. So that we, like Tabitha, could open up our lives and invite others to be a part of our life and to enter into theirs as part of their family. The early church had a ministry of, of presence with the poor and those in need, the people that would be described as, as the least of these. And with that came this, this understanding, this sacred understanding that every time they had the opportunity to serve, to live as servants and care and give, that the space between them and that person was the space that was inhabited by Jesus Christ. And so every opportunity for the early church to serve and to care was a holy opportunity to serve Jesus Christ and to serve his children. This Advent season, which starts um, just next week already, uh, begins Advent, the four weeks that the church lives in preparation of the coming of Jesus Christ, this Advent season, we together as a community um, are seeking ways that we can serve and love our neighbors. Uh, we'll be talking more about it next week and in the coming weeks. Um, but we're, we're looking for ways that we can not only tangibly care for people and their needs like Tabitha did, uh, but also ways that we can come alongside in long-term partnerships. And so we're gonna have opportunity uh, to care for our neighbors who are experiencing homelessness um, by giving um, to some of the urgent needs that the San Diego Rescue Mission has. But there's also opportunity through this partnership that, that we can come alongside over the course of months and years to be a community who serves and cares uh, for our neighbors who are homeless. And so you'll be hearing more about those. We've got opportunity through World Relief and Hope for San Diego um, to give winter coats uh, to our newly arrived neighbors, to refugees who are coming here in Sa to San Diego. But also through um, Hope for San Diego and World Relief, we have the opportunity for, for long-term partnership um, to opening up our lives to the lives of refugees who are moving here. We already have um, a few people from our community who are wanting to, to start a group here in our church that would be part of a good neighbor team. 
a Good Neighbor team that for six months journeys alongside a newly arrived refugee family uh, to help them as they get settled into their new home, uh, get acclimated to San Diego, fill out paperwork uh, that might be challenging because of language barriers, um, and to just be a, a friend. And so this is an opportunity not only for us to meet urgent needs, um, exactly like Tabitha giving coats to those who need warmth, uh, but also to, to open up our lives and share our lives like we see Tabitha doing. We'll have opportunity to, to serve and care for neighbors across the border um, as we give gifts to um, children in a church just across the border. Also opportunity for us to partner with a few of our global partners around the world who are feeding people who are desperately hungry. Uh, one community where something like 77% of the community doesn't have the finances they need to be able to eat. And so we'll be able to tangibly uh, care for the world around us uh, by standing shoulder to shoulder with some of our partners who are living in those communities and, and giving ongoing care and friendship. We want to be like Tabitha, not only meeting people's needs, but sharing our lives, because this is what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. To follow him and to have our lives transformed by his love, transformed by his servant, um, servant example to us, so that our lives can, together with his, bring light and life to the world around us. The beautiful life that Tabitha lived caused an entire community to mourn her absence. And people sought God's work of resurrection and revival of her life. They sent men to get the apostle Peter uh, to come back to their city and to pray for Tabitha. And when Peter prays for her, he prays for her um, in almost the exact same way that he saw Jesus pray for that little 12-year-old girl. And so Peter, mimicking what he saw Jesus do, went upstairs to where Tabitha's body was laid, sent everyone else out of the room, and called to her, Tabitha, get up. And as he extended his hand to her, she opened her eyes, sees Peter before her, and Peter helps her up and takes her downstairs to present her to the community down below. Can you imagine the picture here? That this, this whole community who is, is overflowing with grief and tears, the whiplash of emotions that is going on here, as suddenly their mourning is turned into shocking celebration as they see the, the powerful resurrection work of Jesus Christ at work before their very eyes, as Tabitha is brought back to life. God brought back life from that which was dead, bringing beauty out of the brokenness, life from death, and a city was transformed. As word spread throughout Joppa of what happened, Many people came to know Jesus Christ and give their lives to him. Tabitha's story shows that when the good news is declared, there are amazing consequences that happen. 
not only spiritual consequences, but physical, material consequences as well. As people are cared for and as life is restored. She embraced the good news and then embodied that good news to her neighborhood and her city through her actions and her life. When Jesus Christ uh, kind of made his, his announcement of his mission here on earth, in Luke chapter 4, we get him reading from the scrolls of Isaiah, and he talks about um, the, the reason that he came, to give sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. He declared that where, where he is, where his presence is, where the kingdom of God is, that there is life and freedom from oppression, that there is justice and righteousness, that there is healing and wholeness, peace or shalom. And everywhere that Jesus' followers embody this same kingdom life and kingdom vision, those same things that were true about Jesus can be true in the world around us. That as Jesus' presence brings those, those things and brought those things to earth as he walked um, on this world, those same things can happen in the lives of Jesus' church as his kingdom is displayed to the world around us as the resurrection life of Jesus Christ inhabits our lives, that life can spring forth to the world around us. The community of believers in Joppa were living out the beauty of the kingdom. And so the city that was called beautiful really was made beautiful. As the hungry were fed, as the widows and orphans were cared for and called family, as the naked were clothed, as social, economic, gender, and ethnic boundaries were crossed, as justice was flowing down like a never-ending stream, as Tabitha was revived, and so was Joppa. The dead were brought back to life. In this book, Hermanas, um, that's written by three Latina um, followers of Jesus Christ and scholars. Um, one of the chapters is written by Noemi Vega Quinones, and she writes about Tabitha's story. And as she talks about the consequences of Tabitha's life and the resurrection of power of Jesus, she says this, that when the good news is preached to a town, that town will live into the beauty of the kingdom of God as taught by Jesus. When the good news is embodied, the people in that place will care for the least of these, for the poor, the widow, and the marginalized. This is a natural consequence of the good news. This is high impact. Revival breaks out when stories from death to life are shared, much like Tabitha's story. There are many places in our communities that continue to see death and that must be brought back to life. This resurrection power is only found in Jesus. Our bodies will fail, and our time on earth is limited. But our life with Christ and fellow believers is forever. Let us speak that resurrection hope and life 
over these places of death and oppression. Let us be women and followers of Jesus who are so in love with him that works of compassion overflow into what we do and empower us to embody lives of justice, goodness, righteousness, and shalom. Would we be a people who, like Tabitha, would embrace our call to be followers of Jesus and that his love would so transform our lives that we would, would spend our lives in service of others as we seek to see the resurrection of life of Jesus at work here in San Diego as it is in heaven, his will being done around us. Would you stand with me this morning as the worship team comes back up? Would you join me in, in praying a prayer of, of rededicating our lives to this good work of Jesus Christ? Jesus, we come before you this morning declaring our, our utter and complete dependence on you. Lord, we know that it is only through you that, that life can spring forth. Lord, it is only through you that the places of death and darkness around us can be transformed by your mighty and powerful work. And so, God, we, we present our lives before you this morning, asking that as you give us opportunity, Lord, that we would be able to be partners with you in your work of restoration and wholeness, your work of, of peace, shalom, justice, righteousness around us, in, in your good works of, of loving kindness, Lord, that we could walk hand in hand with you as you care for the world and that our lives would be transformed and that the lives of the people around us would be transformed. That the, the natural consequences of us embracing your gospel, your good news, would be life. Life that is not contained to these four walls of the church, but life that flows out and into to dry and dusty landscapes. Lord, we would see the life of Jesus Christ flowing like life-giving water, turning these barren places into lush 